and we're off. <laughs> and we're off to a good start. <laughs> Having a good week. My face Loving was life. Bad. Making noises. That's what we're here for. That's, That's what it's we all do. about. That's all we do is make noises. I, I think mean, I need to adjust my mic. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> all right, I'll give you two seconds. Huh? I'll give you two <laughs> seconds. Are you kidding me? Can I get... You literally gave him two fucking seconds, and then I coughed. I didn't start the timer. I didn't start the timer. How was I supposed to know that? I didn't say, okay, go. I didn't say, okay, go. Which timer? Okay, go, Brandon. Okay, stop. That would have been your time to make do a little cough. This is Dinner with a Movie. I'm one of your hosts, Blake, and as always, I'm joined by... Brandon, and we're joined by... Jose. The loudest co-host in America. (laughs) This week we watched Life is Beautiful, uh, and we ate uh, some salmons, some uh, salads, some eclairs. Oh, we didn't even have jam. We just had butter no, on it. Oh, yeah. butter. <laughs> well, they didn't. They never had any jam. No, they know? didn't. But they discussed yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then we had some bread as well. So uh, a mix of the bread that they have in the concentration camp, but also. <clears throat> The salmon that they have in the nice dining hall. A good representation of the halves of these movies, of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. The different the different foods. Um, and Jose, this was your pick. This was my pick. Um, I had never seen this before. I only picked it because my sister watched it and she's she really likes this movie and and I know she rewatches it and cries every time that she watches it. <laughs> Uh, so I wanted to throw in a couple movies this time in the jar that she's been wanting me to watch and give me a reason to sit down and do it. So, yeah. What better excuse than a podcast? Exactly. You should have brought her in here to talk about the movie. Uh, she's too. <laughs> she's only 17. She's too shy for those things. <laughs> <laughs> too socially awkward. Yeah, she I understand. She doesn't need to be socially awkward around us. She's socially awkward with herself, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I had never seen this movie. Um, I, I'll be honest. I thought that this movie was um, uh, what a wonderful life. That Christmas movie when I first we watched <laughs> that already. Did we? No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. We watched it for a Christmas movie. Did we? Yeah, it was one of my picks. I'm glad you remember. Wait, Wait. no, no, we didn't. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Hold yeah, on, we hold did. On. The wonderful life. Wait, can you tell me what happens in that movie? It's about George Bailey and he his his dad dies and he's in the old savings and loan. And and his brother goes off to to war and he ends up a he, war hero, but George has to stay home because he can't hear. And we did not watch this movie. We have not movie. watched this movie, Brandon. Yeah, we did. I'm Googling it. What do you mean you're Googling it? In on the on Spotify. I swear to God we watched this. Your Christmas movie picks have been New Year's picks. Well, because you you did is you, this one of those? Uh, you did one Harry Met Sally, Bearstein Bears. <laughs> situations. Well, what did you do last year? Did we Mandela do, we didn't do Bearstein Bears. No, I'm asking if it's a Mandela effect thing where you remember one movie and we remember something else. Your movie last year was was Auntie Mame, and then the year before that, that was I think last was year. Yeah, and then I think the year before that was uh, was when Harry met Sally. Yeah, we haven't watched It's a Wonderful Life. We haven't? Oh. No. <laughs> I thought we totally did. Uh-uh. 
Maybe you're thinking of Home for the Holidays. Klaus. No. The Home for the Holidays. A Christmas story. But we don't. We haven't seen we haven't watched it. No. I, you're fucking with me. I'm not no, fucking I, with you. I, we haven't watched it. I swear <laughs> in my life, Brandon, I'm not fucking with you. We have not watched it. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are we watching any Christmas movies this year? We haven't talked about it. Sure. Maybe. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, maybe like- um, We need to start then probably next podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I thought oh. this was a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> and whoa, was I wrong? Oh, whoa, were you wrong? <laughs> it wasn't like I thought through the whole thing I was expecting it to be Christmas. I just, I knew when it started that this was not the movie I thought it was. Thought it was. Right. Um, but before that, I didn't really know anything about it. So that this movie was quite a shock. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I, I liked it quite a bit. How about you, Brandon? I think I saw this in the movie theater. I'm not sure. Um, but but I remember when it came out, like everybody loving this movie and gushing all over it. Yeah. Yeah. I I like it. It's a good movie. Yeah. Got a logline for us? I'm so low energy. <laughs> it's because you didn't have it's, the eclair. It's all the bread you ate, Brandon. I know. It's the bread or it's, it's you didn't have the sugar rush from the eclair me. that we're running off of. And being up. Since four thirty this morning, probably that too. To me, that's never stopped you from being uh, Brandon. A happily imaginative man meets the princess of his dreams and has a family. But when Nazis round them up and place them in a camp, he must protect his son's life and innocence by creating a game to keep him safe. Mm. Good summary. He did meet the princess of his dreams, Al. Right? Yeah. yeah. You got some fun facts for us, Jose? <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, Life is Beautiful came out in 1997, and it was directed and written by Roberto Benigni, Um, and Vincenzo Cerami also has writing credits. Uh, Roberto Benigni has done a lot. Looks like mostly Italian movies, which makes sense. Um, the only other thing I've seen that he's been in is a Pinocchio movie from 2019. Um, like as an actor? Yeah. Really? He was was Geppetto. It's a weird movie. (laughs) That's it. I I would have thought from this movie that he would have had like some crazy successful past as an Italian comedian in movies or something like their Jim Carrey or whatever. Yeah, um, he does have a lot of Italian films, but this was the only one he won an Academy Award for. He does have a lot of awards uh, for varying movies, but Life is Beautiful seems to be his his main one. Uh, I see a couple of things. The Little Devil, Johnny Stichino. Down by Law were the other things um, where he was also director and actor. But yeah. Well, the cinematographer is uh, Tonino Delicoli. Uh, this was his last movie that he did uh, before he had done um, The Name of the Rose. Uh, he also did Once Upon a Time in America, Once Upon a Time in the West, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Um, a lot of Italian movies. So, very, I know a lot of those, which is cool. Um, oh, I thought you were signaling me. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> a very, I, I would say, well-known Italian cinematographer. 
uh, to most Americans. But that's what I got for cinematographer. I'm ready for my character corner. You've got it. I got it. Yeah, you've got it. We got our main guy, Guido Orefice. Um, his uncle is Elise. Is it Elise? Yes. Yeah. Uncle Elicio? Elise? Elise? Alicia? I won't knock Which points one? down for pronunciation. Alesco. Alesco? Oh, Eliesco. Eliesco? Yeah. Okay. Um, his friend is uh, Ferruccio. Is that his name? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. His wife is Dora. And their son is Josue. Or Joshua. Joshua. <laughs> Joshua. Josue. I like Josue better. Um, who else? Um one of uh, the guys that th- that's in the same bed area as him is Bartolomeo. Bartol- yep. Bartolomeo. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, the doctor is Letzing. Dr. Mm-hmm. Letzing. And uh, who else should I know? The guy that Dora was engaged to. Um. If, is it an F? It's an R. Oh, uh, Rodolfo. Yep. Yeah. Rodolfo. Okay. Nice. Right. Is there anyone else I should know? <clears throat> no, not really. No, you got him. You All got right. the important people. There we go. Um, I think I did pretty good. I, I had the name of the horse down, but I can't remember. Oh my god the the horse is the easiest one. Is it? Yes. What's the horse's name? Well, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Oh, yeah, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> He's the easiest, but um, only said one time. So also difficult yeah. at the same time. I'll say twice. I think he comes in and says something's happened to, to yeah. Robin Hood. To, to Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever he gets painted. Yeah. Poor, poor Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. But Robin Hood was able to to steal them away that day. Yeah. He stole the show. Yeah. Which is nice. And um, do we see Robin Hood later after the time jump? I think we just see them on the bike. I don't believe we do. I can't. When 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 Dora brings her mom to the house right before she learns that that Joshua and Guido have been abducted, is she in a horse drawn? I think so. I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. Robin Hood. That's Robin Hood. All right. At least we know Robin Hood's around. Probably not after they're taken, though. Yeah. Um, well, because he's a Jewish horse, what, where are they going to yeah, see him? Yeah, they probably took him to the showers, too. I think, <sighs> hopefully, his her mom took care of the Robin horse, Hood. Robin Hood. Yeah. yeah. So the movie starts with Ferruccio and, uh, and Guido doing some doing some goofs and gaffs. The first half of this movie is very funny, I think. I think it's it's mm-hmm. a really really <laughs> great comedy. There's two very distinct halves. Yes. Yeah. Yes, um, very much. And I think it's really successful in pulling off that tonal change. Uh and I think the second half is as successful as it is for me because of how funny the first half is. Right. Um, because there's like there's remnants of that humor that is trying to be held on to the entire time. And I think that's only possible because of that setup. Uh, and it's literally like a half point. Like I, I checked, like at the exact half point, there they the, the train comes into the to the concentration camp. 
mm-hmm. um, which is I I don't know I I didn't know that was gonna happen because I didn't know anything about this movie, and for me it was really really shocking and really surprising, and I think that was a great um, that's a great way to frame this story, especially from someone who didn't know what was gonna happen, um, and I think uh, there's good hints throughout that something i mean you know the the historical context that it's in and the and there's bits and pieces of what's going to happen right with the with robin hood with um the writing on the bookstore front mm-hmm. um and even the his, uncle being uncle robbed being, yeah robbed ransacked yeah um, I, I think you I think this is one of those where if you walk into the movie not knowing what happens, it's all the better for it. Um if you walk in not knowing that where the about, second half of it of the movie goes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not that like you don't know about the Holocaust. About yeah. history. <laughs> not that, actual that would be also just as surprising, I think. Um then you're just uh Joshua not knowing what happened. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking maybe this is all a game. I don't know. Maybe maybe you believe maybe you believe Guido that time if that's if you didn't know. <laughs> um it, it the um the framing of this like as some sort of rom com. I it reminds me of and I know it's like a totally different like subject matter and maybe not appropriate to compare, but like a movie like Audition, I don't know if either of you have seen or heard of it. But it's like framed as a as a rom com at the first half and the second half is like a a crazy horror uh like violent movie with just some of the most intense gore I've ever seen. Um but this movie does the same tonal change, but without showing the intense, intense gore. Like it's it shows the Holocaust without showing it in the extent that Schindler's List or Son of Saul does, but it still keeps that. Um, it still keeps the uh, the feeling. Yeah, I, I think the movie acknowledges that the audience knows what's happening without needing to show more people putting, you know, getting put in the showers. The things we've seen over and over again about the Holocaust. The, I, I'm glad that the movie doesn't take additional time to show that stuff. We know yeah. what's happening. We don't need to see that to for the movie to be successful. And also, in a way, if it's keeping the perspective from from Joshua, I think not showing all of that in graphic detail, um, in, it's not all in Joshua's point of view because you see all of it from from uh. Guido's point of view, but by keeping a little bit of that innocence, it helps tell it like a fable, like it's like it's kind of framed in the beginning. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel like a real story entirely. It doesn't feel it's it's certainly not like an accurate portrayal of a of a of a concentration camp or even the like the I think the history of this time. And I think that's purposeful be, to keep it as a tale that he would tell. Like this is what my dad did, and this is this is the history of of myself and my family, and I'm saying that more to combat some um, criticism that I had I've been reading about this movie, um, because I I mean my 
I watched this like the first time I watched it, I watched it the day after we recorded last week. I know because I messaged in the chat like, oh, we have salmon to eat. And that's awesome. I was surprised uh, how soon yeah. <laughs> you texted us about the food. Um, and I, um, I can very confidently say that this movie made me cry more than any movie has ever made me cry. And even more than Onward, which was a lot yeah. of crying. Yeah. And it just hit me. Like, there was a point in the movie in the last, like, 10, 15 minutes where I just could not stop crying. I was just sobbing. Because um, you knew shit was going down? Yeah. Yeah. And and it's it's all just from knowing what he's trying to do for his son and what his son doesn't know. It's just, it's that dramatic mm-hmm. irony that's happening the entire time that is just so sad. Uh. And then I went online and I was like, oh, what do people think about this movie? And then everyone was like, fucking hate this movie, disingenuous portrayal of the Holocaust. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I, I, I'll admit, I saw it more in the second watch. But I, from my first watch, I just could not, I did not feel that. It's also the Holocaust all. not set in Germany or mm-hmm. Austria. It's set in, in Italy. Pretty pretty late into when they were yeah when they were um, doing it in Germany yeah. as well yeah yeah so yeah because this wa- I, I think there's context that has to be applied. I, I don't understand the. I, I was seeing similar critiques of this movie about how it didn't feel appropriate to have a comedy set during the uh, the Holocaust. And World War Two, and, and I don't know. It, it just seems like that opinion to me is you just missed the point of the second half of the movie. The the length so that parent is willing to go to to help their kid believe that everything's going to be okay. I know no parent wants to tell their child, "Oh, we're at a concentration camp because we're Jewish and we're probably going to die here." What what parent would ever want to tell their kid that? And I, I I that's the point of the movie, right? The lengths that that a parent will go to the the love that he has for his child and what he's willing to do for him. And it's not about it, the Holocaust. It's about the people that existed during that time and their stories and the relationships that they were in and and how they were human too. They're not just a number that were that was killed during that time. Everybody that died in the Holocaust has a story, has people that love them, family that they left behind. And that's what the story is actually about. Mm -hmm. Right. I, and the movie is so successful in the fact that it manages to do all of that and be funny and be really funny. Plus be a foreign film. That's funny to, uh, to people whose Italian isn't your native language, there's yeah. there's a lot of physical comedy here too that that is portrayed really well. I think there's so much in this movie that that is done well, and I just don't think it not taking the Holocaust seriously is a valid criticism of this. I I, I think part of that criticism is the. Just, just the negativity, like bubbling to the top, because I didn't do a lot of searching, but whenever you see that it has like a four point nine rating and stuff like that, 
I mean, there's a lot more good, yeah, good reviews of it than bad reviews. Um, so I kind of like take it with a grain of salt that yeah, there are those people out there that that may not, but but the they they may not like the movie, but they also wouldn't like our podcast. So fuck them. You know what I mean? Like, like, um, they're, they clutch their pearls and, oh my God, you can't, you can't have a comedy during set during world war two. Oh my God. But Indiana Jones is okay. That's kind of, there's comedy in that and it's action and he doesn't go to a concentration camp, but he's being in two of the three movies he's being, or two of the three, three, three of, the, of five the five movies, movies. <laughs> he's being chased by Nazis. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It makes me also think of like Jojo Rabbit. The last one too. It's four. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a perfect example. It's it's a it's a comedy. It and has I, yeah. I think I've seen similar criticisms of Jojo Rabbit <clears throat> that I've seen of of this movie. Yeah, and I and I don't and get I, it. And I, I love Jojo it. Rabbit. It's yes, one of my favorite I. movies. Um, it was one of my favorite movies of the the year it came out. Um, is it in the jar? I should have added it, but I don't think it is. I can't remember if you did. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't add it. <laughs> Yeah, and and one of the leading voices of of what I saw in terms of the negativity. I know it doesn't make sense to spend so much time talking about it, but Mel Brooks, out of out of anyone, had come out saying this movie was was disingenuous towards the the Holocaust and survivors survivors of it. Um, which I think is is interesting coming from someone who's made comedy out of. So out of a lot, well, a lot. out of a yeah. lot, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a he's a genre comedy artist. Um, maybe not totally worth spending too much time on, but I think those criticisms, to me, I mean that would I mean he would have to like look at the producers and kind of self examine. Yeah, well, he was saying he was yeah, saying like you know it wasn't in a hall, it wasn't in a concentration camp. No, no, but yeah. yeah, no, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, springtime for Hitler is is way over the fucking top. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. Um, yeah, we ha- have we done any Mel Brooks movies? We need to do a Mel Brooks movie. Mm-mm. I don't think we have. No. Uh, Soon though, we'll do one after. High anxiety, maybe in the thing. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll get it next week. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> that would be great. But I think those criticisms are are. They speak to, I think, how interesting it is to try to, it's not a comedy in the second half, but by the title of Life is Beautiful, there's <clears throat> there's a lot of humor in the second half that is trying to make light of this situation. We're trying to find the beautiful parts of things that are in the situation. And I, and I think that's what makes Guido so lovable is you could see the effort that he's making to find something to say to his son during every moment from on the truck on the way there um, to after when he's fake translating for the mm-hmm. soldiers. <sighs> yeah. And yeah. I know probably any other person would be annoyed in the actual situation 
watching this guy just make fun of the soldier or and make something up but i i just try to think of it in position as a kid it'd be so funny to just think of it as a game is being explained to you and and you're trying to to learn the rules and seeing his reactions <laughs> to like the jackass side of the back and he's just like oh. <laughs> or i ate too many lollipops and had a stomach ache yeah like it's funny knowing the context is terrifying <laughs> but his 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 mocking of him and and rules are funny the way he's he's just a great comedian i think yeah yeah I mean, for a dad to come up with that, I I I look at Guido as the the dad that every dad would like to be, <laughs> yeah. um, because you know that a lot of dads would be in that situation and they would they would protect their child, but there's only so far they could possibly go, and he just goes above and beyond to not just protect the child's life but keep his innocence intact and not tell them exactly where they are and not tell him where you could die at any second here and put him in that horror um and it doesn't put us really in that horror either mm. and that may be where the criticism is, criticism is coming from is because we don't feel that awful horror we get bits and pieces of it like the mountain of bodies um, whenever he's taking Joshua back to the, um, back where they are, the barracks, I guess. Um, like that gave me total son of Saul, like terror image kind of thing. Um, but Joshua's asleep and he just backs away. Um, and he's talking about, he's talking about Dora during that time. Talking about Dora. <laughs> what about her? Like, he talks about making love to her a lot. <laughs> very, <laughs> a lot. It's very frank. It's very much like that, that weird how I'm going to like get a girl to like me sort of like, yeah, I want to make love to you. <laughs> and I, I'm a oh, man. I, I can't the even classic, say how the much classic I make Will Ferrell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I, what does he say? I, I want, I want you. you. I want yeah. You. I want you. <laughs> her kidnaps her in the car, uh, takes her somewhere against her will. And <laughs> but the setups and the payoffs are so This, this good. movie has so much connective tissue. Yeah. That's all resolved beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is all about setups, and even yeah. even in the second half, there are things being paid off from from things built up on the first. Yeah, yeah, like the shower. Joshua not wanting to take his bath, not mm -hmm. wanting to take his shower, and then that's what saves his life. It's like I don't want to take a fucking shower. I came to find you, and he's like, "Go take a shower. Go to the bath." No, I'm not going. I don't want to go. But that he he lives because of that, or even him hiding in in the. Uh, the little box is almost looks exactly the same as the one as that was the, in his house as the dresser. He, mm -hmm. Yeah. That he, that yeah. he ends up in there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a lot of that. Yeah. And it's great. It's lovely. And that's those coincidences and setups and, 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 uh, are, are what makes, uh, Dora fall in love with him a lot. There's the things like, Oh, Mary dropped the key and things like that, that just, 
Yeah. Add like a. Give me a dry hat. The dry yeah. hat is my favorite one. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's just a. It's such a a silent little hat off, hat on, and he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she does it right. That she does the hat one. She does the hat. Yeah. She says, "Let him have a dry hat. Let him have a dry yeah. hat." <laughs> I love the hat guy. He took my hat again. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the few things, if unless I missed it, that's not resolved is the silk getting wet. Yeah, um, no, he doesn't even mention anything yeah, about he never, it. He doesn't mention it. What silk getting mm-hmm. wet? The red. That he rolls that out he the carpet rolls over. Out. Yeah. yeah. Because he tells um, he tells the friend Baracchio. Fer- Ferruccio. 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 Um, the upholsterer tells him, don't don't get that stuff wet <laughs> in the car when you get the car. And then Guido steals the car. And immediately covers her from the rain with it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I can't think of any other examples right now, but I feel like there's a lot of jokes in this where it's like someone says, don't do this. And almost immediately they do that. And it's just like, that's the joke. There's just great payoffs just right away. Yeah. The um him posing as the inspector is really funny. When he's wearing his sash between <laughs> his legs. <laughs> his legs. <Yeah. laughs> when it when it when it 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 jumps to later on and he still has the sash between his legs, but his <laughs> pants are off. I'm like, how the hell did he get his yeah. pants off? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the him trying to be serious to everybody and then just leaning on the wall trying to to ask her out. Oh yeah. <laughs> talking up talking up Dora. Yeah. yeah. Um I think I think it's a good um a good look at the absurdity of racism. How how just whenever you you have it laid out in the way he's laying it out to the kids. It's like, look at my earlobes. Uh, these are these are perfect earlobes. I'm perfect. Look at my belly button. My belly button's perfect. You know, it's like, okay, all those physical traits don't make you a perfect person. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just so weird. And he just he calls um, everyone racist, like the racist Italian who sent me the here. Racist scientist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's very um, he's very in tune to what is going on everywhere and he doesn't seem like he is but he is but he's very slapstick Mm -hmm. and it and it's um it's a good thing and what makes that scene so much funnier is he's the guy that they claim to be superior over who is saying look at me i'm arian i'm just as good as i'm i am the definition of of the powerful race but they they have no fucking clue. Yeah. <laughs> they think he's the inspector. It just yeah, the absurdity of 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 all of that. I think this movie does that a lot. Just show the absurdity of the ideas behind the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. How how absurd it is to to hold those opinions. Um yeah, just I, I, th- th- what I think about a lot is them painting the horse. What a ridiculous, yeah, thing well, to how, do how to to call out, <laughs> and 
and then Guido's right easily just like, oh, I'll fix it. Yeah, Guido's like, oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll fix I'll, it tomorrow. I'll wash it. I'll wash it in the morning. He just likes to not let it get under his skin, and he wants to make a joke out of it. Or well, he or just does. Move on. He does. He rides yeah. the horse into the <laughs> in into the hotel. What's I great? I don't think that. that was his plan until he noticed the horse is painted, though. Oh, probably not. Right? Like yeah. he's like, oh. Let's ride in on a green horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what's great is there's the guy who's just who's just sig heiling while the Jewish horse <laughs> is coming into the hallway. <laughs> he's just zoning out. He's yeah, like he's, he's like that straight forward. Like in two shots, he's just like there, there, mesmerized. There's a lot of times where he's uh, mistaken for someone of power, um, and. Just like him being mistaken for the the inspector when they drive into town and they can't get the brakes, everyone thinks that they're like the, <laughs> the king or whatever, um, some important Italian guy. But uh, people think they know what is superior based off of what they're being taught, and when they're faced with the counterexample of what they're supposed to be like seeing as superior. They have no fucking idea yeah. what they're looking at. And yeah. they would just as soon send him to a concentration camp based off of, I mean, you have, you have someone like the teacher who's talking about um, superior races and her being superior to epileptics. And she thinks oh, at the dinner table, yeah. the dinner table and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. too, right? Is that what yeah. she says? And she thinks that that is algebraic math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Rodolfo's like, it's just multiplication. It's multiplication. <laughs> and Dora's just sitting there like, please take me away from this table. <laughs> yeah, because it's repulsive. It's repulsive right. what she's saying. What she's saying is the that certain people cost so much per day and wouldn't it be a lot uh, how much money would we save? Fiscally more responsible. How much money would we save if we just got rid of all of these people? And it's very clear from when Guido's making, uh, when he's imitating the inspector or taking his place, she's, that's when we first know, okay, she doesn't think like the other people in this town. She's very, uh, she's laughing at his antics. Mm -hmm. And then we just continue that, her just being. I guess distraught at what people are saying about, you know, epileptics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Epileptics. Um, what, what, there, there were three. I know cripples were the other, but cripples, I, I can't, can't remember what the third one was. People with mental conditions. I think they called them something else. Yeah. Yeah. Dora has a lot of close-ups when she's watching Guido, and she's always just admiring him. Mm -hmm. Just from those looks alone, it builds up that love that they have for each other and that admiration they have for each other. And aside from the silly, here's what a rom-com is, he's going to seduce her through saying he wants to make love to her and then kidnap her in a car. There's just <laughs> a lot of really great moments between them that I just feel really strong chemistry uh even just them looking at each other through the at the uh at the opera or the theater oh yeah which is a yeah. really funny scene look at me <laughs> look at me look at me look at me i like how that gets pay off multiple times the hands the hands yeah, the magic. with the dog especially i'm like please it's one of those few times i think i've seen a movie I'm like please work you're right knowing it's a movie knowing it's 
um, just speaking something into existence is, is what they're essentially doing. Mm-hmm. But him saying it to the dog had me uh, like on the edge of my seat. <laughs> yeah. That man manifested his child through a concentration camp. Yeah. yeah. Just really, yeah. That, just that is in my notes. Yeah. It's like, like his, he just willed all of that into action. The tank, the, yeah. the reunion with his mom, the keeping him safe and yeah, all of that, everything he willed, he willed all of that into action. And that's throughout the entire movie. He's, mm-hmm. he's willing everything. Uh, even the bookstore, he gets the bookstore. Yeah. He gets to have his bookstore. Yeah. But the tank is the ultimate, like what a moment when that tank comes around. Oh, that's, that's when I started crying. Yes. When he gets on the tank, I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> Yeah, he gets up there and the and the American is so nice. He's like, "Come on up here, buddy. Let's go. We'll get on a ride." <laughs> and it, the little the, the just celebration that he has just being a part of getting that real tank <laughs> that his father helped build according to their lore. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, it's so sad. Man. Yeah, it just right I it's just this movie takes us takes like the horrors of the Holocaust and puts and gives it a step back to really bring forward like the innocence of a child and how how beautiful that is to to hang on to every word that your dad tells you and just believe it and just not only you believe but you want to believe it because he's your dad he he has never steered you wrong mm-hmm. he helps you hide from your mom when you don't want to take a shower he yeah. He trusts him to watch the bookstore. He, you know, he's well, never he let him didn't run. Didn't have a choice. Or he didn't have a run, but he <laughs> he at least knows how to. He knows how to do it. Half yeah. off. Half yeah. off. Yeah. He he he's never steered him wrong, and and he just has that innocence that I think I, I don't know. I've, I've re- just never seen it really captured like this. Um, I think a lot of movies focus on the innocence of a child in the, in terms of their relationship with other kids and their friends, mm-hmm. but the relationship between you and your parent and how much guidance they offer you. I, I think this is, this is one of those few times that a movie does it really well and protect you from yeah. parents, parents protect us from the real, or they're supposed to uh, protect us from the real world. Um, yeah. Not only the protection, but on top of all of his ability to will things into existence, willing a better future for his son is is because you can't really do what he did if you didn't have some thought that it will be better. It will be better tomorrow or it will be better next week or it will be better sometime that at the end of this, this will be worth it he will hopefully keep his innocence. But after all of this, the the horrible, horrible things that Guido is going through, that his son is able to come out of it being shielded. And I think mm-hmm. that's what the tank is just the personification of we fucking did it. Here you go. Here's, here is that willed into existence, better future coming right around the corner after I, after you followed like my every instruction saying hide in there until everyone's gone. It's so beautiful. And 
that scene that was I was just fucking dying just crying so hard I sent a picture to Tiffany because I was crying so hard I have never done that before <laughs> I don't know movie was damn successful in that yeah I um I wish there were more people that showed up in the last half from the first half. We only get Dr. Lessing. Um, you say like, uh, like I, the inspector or someone showing up to, yeah, yeah. Or, or, um, someone should show up to try to get Dora out. Um, because they're not Jewish. Mm. Um, like her mom shows like up her arguing for her. Or, uh, Rodolfo to show up to try to get her out. Um, like, like another layer that, that connects them both. Um, I, 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 I was missing something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, why uh, wouldn't, why wouldn't these people want to save her especially? Um, yeah. I think more, more Dora in general, I would, I want more in that second half. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish she could, I wish there was a way she, she would have been used more or a way that I, I, I know they, they managed to Guido manages to communicate to her that, that they're okay. Um, through the, the PA system, which I'm like, <laughs> you're going to get fucking caught. Yeah. They know where that shit is. <laughs> um, and, and then more subtly with the music, uh, which was, which was great. A great callback to the the opera um yeah i wish that they would have had a chance to actually meet and that she would know that that joshua was okay you know because that's 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 the horror that i get from her side is that she has no one you know joshua and guido they have each other but she has no one and she doesn't know day by day if they're okay. And that, that, that would have to be the most horrible feeling in the world. Horrible. Before they or, go on the comms, I was just, they, she's looking through the clothes, trying to find. Looking for, looking for either of mm-hmm. them. I think she, she should have found something from uncle. Yes. She should have found something from him. Both times I was expecting it because if <laughs> she, if she would have found something from him and then known it and was holding back emotion and then the PA came on, like that would have been a really intense moment. Um, yeah. Did I uh-huh. cut you off? Sorry. That's okay. I don't remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> Sorry, Jose. That's okay. It'll it'll come back to me. Yeah. Uh, and and I want more of that because she those moments where she's reacting to um, hearing Guido and 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 Joshua, especially when she's hearing the music, and it stays on her face for a really long shot, and I just start crying at that shot. She's so expressive and. A great, great actor. Mm-hmm. I, you're right. I want to see. I want to see more. And and um, she would be that kind of worse version of what's happening. I guess we're we're kind of being shielded with with Joshua and and Guido, but with her, she's just 
pit of despair level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think what what makes it so much worse is that she said she wills herself onto the train to at least be with them and then get separated as soon as, soon as she, they get there. I think that would probably be just really heartbreaking to to willingly know what where you're going, what's going to happen to you. And then you don't even get to see your family again before it happens. Yeah. And yeah, and then she doesn't know about them until the the PA system. And then after that, it could have been any day that they could have just died. Right. They could have died by yeah. being chased away from yeah. the PA system. <laughs> and then and then she hears the music and she knows at least Guido is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's all alone at the end until until Joshua finds her. Yeah. And that's a good moment. That's a good moment where he, he says, mommy, you know, cause I'm sitting there thinking they better not have killed. <laughs> they better because not have you killed don't, Dora. Because it's so ambiguous mm-hmm. there at the end. Like you don't know if they've been, they've, they've been killed or taken somewhere else or because they were shipping them out. Um, yeah, it's, it's so that whole end is scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Guido walking by Joshua's hiding spot and just winking at him one last oh. time. Oh man! Just... <laughs> and then and then being all goose stepping, slap, knowing exactly yeah. what's going to happen to him. I just yeah uses but... his last moments to give his son a little bit more joy <laughs> to to still make him think that it's a game. Yeah. That, yeah, that they're playing, even though he knows that he's being taken to go be executed he's even smiling right before they go around that last corner he's he's not phased by that point yeah he knows he's like i've gotten him <clears throat> as far as he can he's Help, safe. helps coming yeah. soon this is the last night at yeah. least he, yeah. it seems yeah yeah I honestly, I don't mind the kid. I think he does a pretty good job. <laughs> I was going to ask um, you. <laughs> no, he, he, I think he. I only have one problem with him. I had one problem with him, but I honestly can't remember what it was anymore. <laughs> whenever, whenever we're first introduced to him, he's like pulling on his pee pee. Like, <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, like totally like on camera just like <laughs> at least he doesn't smite the camera <laughs> yeah <laughs> he has he has kind of something about his eyes yeah that are They're really so big yeah and yeah when he's just when he's saying things when he is almost seeing through the facade Saying they say we're gonna get burnt in the ovens. They say we're gonna get burnt in the ovens. Just his they, face. Yeah, they alone. say they make it, they turn us into soap and buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. His face and and it's not even like he's a good performance for especially for a kid, but like it's just his face. It's so you don't want him to know. You don't want him to be yeah. a part of this. Yeah, it's so sad. And luckily, all the other prisoners play along, or at least don't ruin it for him mm-hmm. especially bartolomeo yeah <laughs> they they do look at guido like he's crazy <laughs> but i think the movie also makes it seem like they think he's crazy but they also know what he's trying to do for for his son well because if any of them are fathers and their children have been taken away 
they they know they have to protect this kid. Um, yeah, yeah. I would have liked to have had something there, like, um, not even a confrontation, but maybe a um, a conversation while while Joshua was asleep of Guido having an actual conversation with another person, like an adult conversation. Um, because he always seems to just be, um, on, on stage for, for Joshua. And there's no real adult conversation until we get to Dr. Lessing. And then it doesn't end up being, Dr. Lessing ends up being fucking wacko. Jesus. Or there's one that are carrying the anvils too. It's the only time he's like, I'm good. We're going to die here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even then that yeah. still feels like it's played a little bit. Cause I mean, just the way he's just carrying the anvils and he's like, saying, Oh, we're going to die. I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like he, he still feels like he's on stage. And, and yeah. I would, I would agree though. Like, we almost get there with Bartolomeo. Like there's a few moments where, um, He's asking how things are, but it's not a conversation. It's more like a one a one time question. Yeah. But yeah, with Doctor uh, Lessing, Lessing, that's another one of those connective tissues that goes the opposite way of what you expect it to do, but it's still fulfilled. Yeah. Um. He he tells the other guy that he's working with at the hotel. He's like, oh, he gets obsessed with these puzzles, and he. He can't sleep because of them, and that's exactly what comes back to bite him, bite him in the butt later. Yeah, I was, I was totally thinking Lessing was going to get them out of there in some way or somehow. Mainly because they build it up to the point where his his luck is infallible. Like when, well, yeah, whenever, whenever Doctor Lessing leaves the hotel. There, there seems to be like seems to be respect mm-hmm. there between Guido and Lessing, and something that would override everything else, and and it doesn't happen. That that just does not happen. Which I I'm okay with it not happening. I'm I just want it to. be be more more about the hatred overriding it than not being able to figure out a a riddle. Oh you really? Know, because he doesn't he doesn't help. Like yeah. Guido thinks he's going to help. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, I just want this fucking riddle done." Yeah. And and doesn't get anywhere. And that's heartbreaking. But, but it, it doesn't call back to the friendship that they kind of had and that, that was nurtured over the course of scenes in the first half. So that the, it's kind of broken. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that indifference says a lot and, and that broke my heart too, because it does seem like they have that. Yeah. And just him being cuz it's a total tease the entire time he's acting like he's he's going to help them. He has something important to say. They have something important to talk about. And obviously in the circumstances it's going to be about him being in the concentration camp. Yeah. But then just the complete turnaround that in reality he just does believe 
this guy should be in here, but I could get something out of him right now and maybe he can solve my riddle. And the indifference and and completely throwing away the years of history that Letzing is able to just do is more heartbreaking because of that, like, I don't fucking care about you, but give me the answer to this riddle. I yeah, I, I don't yeah. I don't know if I personally like need the hatred there. It's it's the throwing away that history so yeah. nonchalantly that is so ter- terrifying. Or have it replaced. I mean, it, it would have to be replaced by that in that indifference that that's fueled by the hate. Mm. That's that's kind of what I was getting at. Is that it doesn't feel like it's replaced by anything. It's just replaced by a riddle. To me. I think I think the indifference works for me in the way it's done because to me it ends up representing how much how many individuals during that time period were just complacent about what was happening. Mm-hmm. And he may not he doesn't hate Guido, he doesn't have any certain affliction towards towards him and considers him intelligent to and because of the puzzles, but his complacency and, and not wanting to help or not seeing him and his first reaction to be, oh, let me let me see what I can do is I think a lot more powerful about what most people probably or a lot more representative of what most people probably did during that time. They probably didn't hate the groups of people that were persecuted, but they just didn't care enough to do anything about it. And I think mm-hmm. that works for me how it's done. Yeah, but he's a doctor for the, he's working for the SS, right? Or is he working for the Italian government? Uh, I think he works for con- the SS. I was confused yeah, a couple so. times. There's definitely a lot of like connections like that, and especially time period that I was a little confused about. Yeah. Um, place, time, and and people were a little confusing in this movie to me. Not to the point where like it really brought it down, but yeah, no, I, yeah. I don't know. I'll say that was a highlight of the movie to me is that moment where it's like, oh, fuck, he's not here to help. He's just here because he wants to know a fucking riddle. Yeah. He doesn't uh, know if it's a duck. <laughs> yeah. Or a duckling. But what what I love about that moment even more than just that oh shit moment is the look of helplessness on Guido turned mm-hmm. to love for his son who's just asleep after having too many sweets and then turned to love for his wife turning the music out the window, even though he was the one chance he felt he had to get them out of there was just completely dashed in like a baffling way that this guy it's, it's, it's a weird way. He just wants a riddle. And and, I really, (laughs) I really do appreciate the fact that he didn't solve the riddle for him. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. He just leaves him to to go crazy. <laughs> to wallow. Yeah. <laughs> and he just slams his fist. He's like, not a duck or whatever. I can't remember what he says. <laughs> but in the context of that, him walking away and and not just, you know, falling to his knees and being like, This th- that's it. He he still wants to take that moment to to provide some safety for his family. I just love him so much. Like it's every moment he gets to to try to comfort somebody or, or give someone love, he has it. Well, he thinks fast on his feet too when Joshua says, oh Grazie. My God. <laughs> Dude, I almost shit my pants. <laughs> I got so scared. 
Because <laughs> he goes, grazie, and then goes, <laughs> and covers his mouth. Yeah, but getting all the, whole... the other kids to start saying it. And, but then it also, you realize how ridiculous it is. The other guy essentially just went and said, oh, they're saying thank you in Italian. You should come check this out. You you say it and you're like that's kind of just stupid. You went in and told on somebody for <laughs> well they were because they because all of those kids were German the German yeah that's why they were they were from the I, I'm guessing that all of those children were there from the visiting elsewhere visiting officers or, yeah yeah whoever's yeah. at the party it's their yeah it's their children just because I out. thought God that that mistress that takes joshua in should know that that's not one of the kids yeah but they were visiting so it kind of explains it so maybe it was one that she didn't see yeah before or that she's not she isn't acquainted with all of these kids yet i'm curious what the the guy who speaks to joshua after he uh says grazie i wonder what he says when he speaks in german yeah. for a second like it, that would give me a little context as to maybe he's like oh i don't know <laughs> whatever he says i feel like would give uh context yeah context to that why he went and talked to <laughs> i uh, i appreciate her. that we're not shown the german because then we're left we're more still on the mm. side of of guido and and because think, we I, have no idea right, what's we, being said. I, I think yeah. if that was translated like the Italian is, I wouldn't feel at, as much sympathy for them being in a camp of people whose language I don't speak. <laughs> well, see, this this is the way I've always seen this movie, um, just because of that last last bit where it's Joshua as a grown man saying, this was the story of my father who saved me. Like this has been all through Joshua's eyes, Joshua's vision of how his father was and what he knew is about his father and his mother and having the story of your, your parents first meeting told to you. And so you, you, you don't know all of the facts, but just because your dad was this, happy person for you and he was funny and you know now that you're an adult what he did for you it's kind of meshing those things together so it's really joshua telling the story about his father so he would know absolutely nothing about the the german that was said so it's keeping us in that context in his eyes and i and i love that yeah. I, I love it yeah, I kind of felt I kind of viewed it as the same way and and I think that's partly at the very beginning he does make a direct comparison to it being like a parable. It's 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 a tale that he's telling about his dad. It's it does it's not a historical retelling. It's yeah. it's 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 the story he decides to to remember, he decides to to take from I assume what his mom told him about him and and what he kind of remembers and 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 then what he knows about what actually happened mm-hmm. after he's grown up. Yeah. Yeah. And in that way, I think the second half is even more sad, knowing that it's his recollection and his 
connection of all of that. You yeah. know that Guido was successful because mm-hmm. of that line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 therefore a um a horror show in the concentration camp would not fucking work because it would not be through Joshua's eyes anymore. It would be through the eyes of people that of history. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and it almost is just a kid's understanding of, of the Holocaust. Like, yeah. um, they're carrying anvils everywhere. That's, that's almost just a comedic version of like a work that they would be doing. Yeah. Um, why, why are they, <laughs> why anvil? Yeah. Why, yeah. Why are they? Yeah. That's the only thing we ever see them do. It's hardened steel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of, <clears throat> so things like that, where it's very much just, it's not the accurate version. It's, it's a kid's version of it. Yeah. Uh, but it still is just in its success of telling that without taking away the feeling of of how truly terrible it was that never left and and that's that's why i think even though it's a comedy in a way it, in it, it's it's a humorous retelling through a, a a clown of a father like that's his ability um he shields his son from the worst of it but that worst of it is just, it's always there. And that's always where you find the sadness and the humor of every moment mm-hmm. there. It's good storytelling. It's good filmmaking. Yeah. Able to do both of those is tough. I love Uncle Elisco's house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love his house. The odds and ends all around. <laughs> even that, even just the outside and the, the, um, the, the greenhouse yeah. with all the flowers in it and the inside is so open and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's my dream house. It's beautiful. My Italian dream house. Seeing a family emerge from the greenhouse feels natural mm-hmm. in how, yeah, you'd want to raise a family there. You'd want that to be the beautiful, amazing spot that everyone lives. And I wonder, cause staying with Ferruccio there, um, I wonder what happened with Ferruccio. I always, I was curious. Yeah, I don't hear about him. He's somebody I wish would we would see more in the second half or a semblance of what what happened to him. Because the uh, way he says like it worked, Ferruccio. Thank you. That made me think that he died or something. Not that made me think it, but the way he says it is like maybe he did pass. I don't know. Yeah, or I I would have even liked to seen because I I don't. It, I don't get the impression that Ferruccio is Jewish. Even him watching Guido get on the train or something. I don't think he would be Jewish because the upholsterer was. <laughs> yeah. Was, His political views. Yeah. Were, <laughs> um, so, so I don't think, I don't think he would be. I think it was just Italian. Yeah. I think maybe something like him watching what's happening to, like them getting on the train or something just to show us where where he is or or something. Um, I do like the joke with the upholster and <laughs> his political views. I think it's my favorite it's one in the movie. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're saving it for someone's quote. <laughs> um, Not mine, but okay. we can save it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the house, a beautiful home. The house is yeah. so nice. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd be happy there. Nice hotel, too. Really pretty hotel. Yeah. Very white. Yeah. Yeah. The um, the cake from, was it Ethiopia? Yeah. Very out of left field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was... I don't recall there being any connection to I, Ethiopia I don't earlier the in the Ethiopian movie. cake. Just the thing. But they I feel cultured, so they want to. My World War II history yeah. enough to know if that is supposed to be. Did mean they something. conquer Ethiopia? Uh, Maybe. I, I don't, what year does this movie start in? 1939. Nine. 39. Okay. Frantically Googling. <laughs> Ethiopia's role in World War II. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did they serve many cakes to Italian parties? Yeah. Who? Weird, weird thing to just come out of nowhere. I think. Yeah. But I think also maybe Ooh. just in a. Oh, okay. So yeah, the Ethiopians supported the Nazis and Japanese during. <laughs> oh, jeez! <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> there's history for you. There you go. That's what it was. Um, yeah, weird, weird but funny scene. Yeah, and the the egg falling on um, Rodolfo at the end. Yeah, and it's yeah. the egg, and it's the egg that. It's the ostrich egg that he hides behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 good setup. Um I laugh my hardest at the flower pot hitting him in the fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. So I forgot about that. I love how how Guido just says, "Oh, what a wallop!" Poor guy. Yeah, he has a lot, a lot bad happened to him, but he's not a very good person anyway. So, um, I would have liked to have seen that turn around a little bit, or or something that's in the second half. You know. Like going to try to get her Dora out or even the entire family out. He could have done that with um, the friend. I'm under the impression he's he would like, the moment he hears she married a Jewish man, he would never talk to her again is like what I feel like he is. Well, I mean, he was jilted, but time has passed and they've lived in the same city. Yeah. Yeah, I I would so, I would imagine over that time he would have gotten more um, radicalized. Yeah, I as the town seems to have gotten a lot more radicalized. Yeah, graffiti on the door and whatnot. So he, how old is Joshua supposed to be? Um, I would have guessed like five. I don't know, five or six. Okay, so then yeah, so it's they mentioned so they mentioned that it's nineteen forty four when. They get taken to the camp. Yeah, I, I I could see just the whole town being as much of Italy was more radicalized. I don't know my World War II history very well, but um, uh, because that would have been like the Nazi like occupation of parts of Italy, 
Mm-hmm. Um, is that around like 44? No, they were in league. Right. So right. The, the access of evil then was, yeah. was Germany, Italy, and Japan. Right. I, I just wasn't under the impression that um, they would have had such a heavy uh, um, presence mm-hmm. just like in a Italian town like that. I guess there would be a certain point where they started to station soldiers there and then start to start to Well, yeah, that's what out. I was getting at yeah. earlier is that this was a, an Italian concentration camp. Yeah. Yeah. So, um it wasn't like the ones elsewhere in the world. Um and there were there were concentration camps in a lot of different places. Mm. And I so I was looking at it the Part of the story is based on a book about Roberto Benigni's dad and somebody else's time in the concentration camp mm. in Germany. Mm. In Germany. Yeah. Um, the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp. And it's in northern Germany, too. Mm. But if I'm not mistaken, I think northern Italy was really had most of most of the... German influence during the war occupation. So I wouldn't be too, I'm their presence in the movie doesn't really put me off or I think I would say it's mostly accurate. Yeah. yeah. It, it didn't like make me think, no. Oh, this is inaccurate. It just kind of surprised me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I didn't think about Nazi soldiers just taking being a huge part of like just Italian towns. I, I didn't really think about that. I, Italian role in world war two in general, I think is something that I don't really think about. Um, like I know the relationship between, between, um, Hitler and, and it sounds like someone's using a air, air compressor (laughs) or someone had too much milk. (laughs) Like I know the relationship between the countries, but not, um, exactly like the extent. And I think that's what makes this movie a little interesting with its historical context is, um, it, Italy's complicity in in uh, concentration camps, I, I don't really hear about that often. And the more popular World War II movies aren't about Italian Jewish people, right? They're usually yeah. about some other Polish or or German Jews. I think it's. Yeah. I think the popular World War II Holocaust movies don't really cover Italy as much. So it's it's a different. It's different. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot we don't know about a war that happened 80 years we need ago. A, yeah. We need a separate uh, person on the podcast to Google things for us. We, we need a historian. Give us facts. I'll just, I'll just bring my laptop and just Google things while we sit here. <laughs> <laughs> Give you the rundown of World War II in my 30-second Wikipedia search. Um, I didn't talk about it, but during the fun facts, but so this was nominated for three Academy Awards. Um, it was nominated for, I thought it was nominated for more. I'm sorry. It won three. It Ah. was nominated for seven Academy Awards. I would have thought it would have been like a foreign film winner. Yeah. It won foreign film. And like that was, it won best actor. And best original score. Hmm. And then it was also nominated. The score for, is great. The score yeah, is really, it's really good. Really pretty. 
It was also nominated for Best Film Editing, Best Director, and Best Picture, and uh, Original Screenplay. Man. Um, it's one of the few movies I was reading, or like one of the short list of a movie being nominated for Best Director and Best Actor, and it's the same person. Same person. Mm-hmm. Which... What like uh, what a cool list to be on, you know? You yeah. directed yourself, <laughs> yeah, and you get nominated for for both. <laughs> this would have been hard to direct. Well, you have to be doubly talented. Yeah, yeah, um, and you wrote it too. Yeah, yeah. That's probably, that's probably even a shorter list. Triply talented. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I don't know him, Benini, but his. I can just feel this movie's him. Like, I don't even know him, but it just feels like so authentically a person directing and acting and writing. Yeah. Uh, I, I looked up the, his his Oscar speech after we talked about it last week, uh, Brandon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, this movie feels like him. It feels like his his heart and soul was this movie. Did you see him stand up on the backs of the chair? Yeah. Is it Spielberg oh. that he grabs onto? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he like grabs onto Spielberg's hand. Like he like Spielberg like, stuck his hand out to help him. But yeah, he's just standing above them. He's and... standing on the backs of the chairs? Yeah. yeah. Like while people are sitting on the ones in front. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he he runs up to the stage. He's bowing in front of everyone. He's just he's full of energy. So happy. Man. So yeah. it's just it's just happiness. It's what makes me cry at the Oscars. Yeah. 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 People being rewarded for their passion and their talent and and, having... and being just um grateful mm-hmm. and and giving that that gratefulness back um in in every single breath that they have. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's what it's beautiful. I think the Oscars are meant to be. Yeah. Recognition of people with, with true passion for the the craft and art that they that they do um yeah just yeah. no no let's give the oscar to to this person because they've gotten 40 years without winning one or i guess this is the best movie of the year like no when they reward true true passion and true art that's where when they're at their best mm-hmm. yeah oh i wanted to mention because <clears throat> if there's anything to me that feels so conflicting in terms of tone and humor or like humor and and tragedy is the way he gets caught (laughs) which is so funny because the spotlight passes by and it 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 slightly touches his shirt and it does a little back up and it catches him there (laughs) yeah and it, it and it's you know he's gonna die but the way that he gets caught is like a looney tune and I, I was mm. laughing, but I was also like, oh, fuck off. This is not the way that he goes out. <laughs> all I kept, all, all I keep thinking every time I see it is, why didn't you just go hide? Why didn't you? Why did you why, hide in the same spot? Why, why did you, no, why did you go look for Dora? You know, you know, Joshua is where he is, where he's safe. Go be somewhere where you're safe and then go get Joshua afterwards. Yeah. 
Um, but it's it's that love for Dora and and his needing to know that she's okay that gets him caught and killed. He just wanted to make sure she wasn't going to get on one of those trucks. And that's what makes it even more tragic is it didn't matter. He you get fake yeah. Dora. Uh-huh. And they don't even, yeah, he's, he's, he's <laughs> pleading for them to get off the trucks too. He's, yeah. even though it's not his Dora, he's saying, get jump, off, get yeah, off. Jump. Why, yeah. Don't stay in that truck. You're right. If he just hid, he would have been fine. Yeah. But to his eyes, he, he was thinking Dora's about to get on one of these trucks and I need to stop that. Yeah. Um, but he didn't have to. Yeah. And that's, that's the real tragedy of it is that. Do we see, uh, Bartolomeo walking at the end? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't th- know. I thought it was him or it just was a tall Italian man who looked similar yeah. from the back. But I think because I thought it was him, it made me more sad knowing that if he had just mm-hmm. just stayed. Stayed stayed in with the other man. He would have been fine. Yeah. 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 Twas beauty who killed the beast. That's very true. <laughs> Well, I'm going to throw in this old French version of Beating the Beast I watched <laughs> in high school once. Oh. Is that the nasty one? The nasty one? Yeah, there's one that's just nasty. Um, I think there's a nasty French one. I saw French it in school, one. so I don't remember it being oh, nasty. Oh, well, yeah, no. Like yeah. sexy well, nasty? I mean, what, which school were you going to? It was black and white. I know that. Um, Do they can? Were they legally allowed to get nasty in black and white back back then? Yeah, probably. Okay, they're and, French. They're French. The French. Yeah, 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 they're yeah, French. Yeah, yeah. They're French. Yeah. Uh, the girls. <laughs> uh, the girls have hairy armpits. Lord, any last thoughts before we move on to quotes? No, I think I covered everything that's in my. All right, Jose. Let's start off with your quote. I'm gonna keep it simple. Buongiorno, principessa. <laughs> it. Will probably make me cry anytime I hear it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh when it comes out on the cake. Yeah. Oh, when it comes out on the cake. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about when they met underneath the table. Oh, oh yeah. I love that scene. I like how he's so lost. Like, it's the one time he just seems so yeah. out of it that seeing her, seeing her with Rodolfo, he, he just looks like he's out of. Like uh, control for hey, what? Yeah, he's it, it's like his heart is breaking, and he yeah, and he trips over the chair, and yeah, he keeps getting into <laughs> slapstick trouble. They moved everything around. <laughs> Look where they put the kitchen. <laughs> what about you, Blake? Um, my favorite quote was one that I was hoping you would have held held off on. Uh, it's when uh, they're talking to. Um, Ferruccio's boss Oreste um, and he's saying goodbye to Guido goodbye and behave yourselves because these are hard times hard hard times and Guido says they're hard times why what are your political views and his kids are yelling and Oreste says Benito Adolfo be good (laughs) (laughs) what did you say (laughs) and uh, Guido just says I said how are things going (laughs) (laughs) um i'm going to give this um uh grazie that's 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 my (laughs) grazie you have to do the the mouth cover grazie (laughs) 
<laughs> I think it's so cute coming out of him because because the whole reason behind it is he told him you can't talk. You can't talk or you're going to lose points. You cannot talk at all, not even around the children. And then he he's being appreciative. Yeah. And he says thank you. And it's I think it's the look on on Guido's face that really <laughs> like strikes it to him that oh shit, I fucked up. <laughs> but he doesn't know how big he fucked up. You know. He just thinks he lost points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was another quote oh, I wanted baby. to say. Uh it's uh between Guido and his uncle. Um, when he's teaching him how to be a server. Um, and he says, and he's trying to <laughs> bow and he keeps bowing <laughs> low and low and low. <sighs> and uh, uncle says, uh, think of a sunflower. They bow to the sun, but if you see that they're too bowed down, it means they're dead. You're serving. You're not a servant. Serving is a supreme art. God is the first servant. God serves men, but he's not a servant to men. Um, I don't know. There's something about that quote that I just, I really, really, really like. And uncle, mm-hmm. un- like it, it was the first... But not the first, but it made me really like Uncle. That's just some, that's some bars right there. That's some bars. Some bars. Yeah. And I appreciate it. And that. he, and he's, he's generous and kind and gentle. Um, to his last moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever the, the woman trips in front of him and he goes to help her up and she just sneers at him because he's Jewish. Um, I don't That's, know what it was about how that was shot, but like her eyes were just a piercing blue in that uh-huh. shot. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is what a what a shitty thing. Just trying to be a nice person and you're just sneered. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's it's like at some point the the racist racism leads to hate, which just makes every every other th- being an animal to you. Um, and inferior to you, and it's just horrible, horrible. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, let's move on to our meme reviews. Jose, you want to start us off? I'll give this movie a thousand out of a thousand points to win a big tank. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I give this movie. Uh, wait, what did I have written down? Oh shit, where'd it go? Oh, okay. I give this movie one out of two parts comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm giving this um, seven seconds out of seven or three quacks in a racist riddle out of three. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. What was, uh, what did he say to get uh, how long until we get ice cream? And that's when Letzing comes up and says, seven seconds. (laughs) Seven (laughs) seconds. Yeah. Fuck him. Bastard. <laughs> Riddle bastard. All right. What about your real review, Brandon? I give it 10 out of 10. I I adore this movie. Every time I watch it, I um I appreciate it even more now, I think. Um than when I first watched it. Uh I think film school did that to me. And um yeah. I think it's, I know it's very hard to write and direct and act at the same time. 
and to pull it off like this, I, I, I'm left in awe. And, um, I wish, I wish I saw him more. I wish I saw more of him. Yeah. 10 out of 10 for me. I also give this movie a 10 out of 10. Um, Aside from how good the whole movie is, I can't in good conscience not give a movie that made me cry this much a 10 out of 10. Um, uh, I think this movie is is one of the funniest comedies I've ever seen. It's one of the saddest movies I've ever seen. It's certainly the saddest comedy I've ever seen. Um, But Guido throughout is just so powerful of an actor. He leads every scene that he's being comedic in. And there's those moments where he has to make that little switch where he's laughing for Josue one moment. And then the very next he's turning to Bartolomeo and saying, um, what's happening outside? How do we get like, what's, what do we do? What did the, what did the, the, uh, the officer say, or, or the moment in the car, when they're getting um when they're getting taken to the 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 train and he's telling um Joshua on his birthday about where they're going and once Joshua falls asleep he has to just put on this completely change the way he's talking and 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 talk to his uncle and and say where are they really taking us mm-hmm. things like that where and i think i think his his comedy is in a similar way where he can be so silly and so over the top but then his comedy can also come from a little bit of of just kind of like uh um more stone cold expression I, I, yeah he has so much range in in his dramatic and his humor and every scene he's in, he brings so, so much to this movie. And it just adds to the core of the emotions that this movie has. And it makes it so, so powerful. And I give it a 10 out of 10. I give it a 10 out of 10, too. I think this movie, at, at its core, is just very beautiful. It captures two two different types of love. One for a, a parent and, and, its, and their child and... and the lengths that they're willing to go to to ensure them that everything is going to be okay. And, and the love that you have for your partner and wanting them to be okay. And at, at, at great risk, Guido accomplishes both. He, he gets on the PA and plays music for Dora and he, and he impersonates the, the inspector at the school. And then he, he makes this whole game for, for Joshua, there's no no movie I think I've seen that better encapsulates the lengths that people are willing to go to for for people that they love and show them what show them that they're that they're cared for and that they're hoping that everything's going to be okay. I think it's it, it's shot really well. It doesn't it's not distracting. It's I think the perfect long runtime. I don't need more. I don't need too much more. I don't need any less. The music is beautiful and and I think it's just a pure story. And to to be able to see a movie that encapsulates its writer and its director so well, to see him how he is as a person and then see this movie you you don't get a lot of those stories where everything about the movie just captures the person that made it. And I think it's it makes it special. 
All right, ready to pick your next movie, Jose? We're ready. Off a 10 out of 10 to hopefully another 10 out of 10. Rugrats in Paris. Rugrats in Paris. (laughs) All right, next week we are watching After Sun. This is another pick of mine that I have not seen also. (laughs) All right. Hell yeah. Um, Yeah, I think this is another movie about a father and their child and their relationship. So it'll be interesting to follow this up with this. Yeah, coming off this one, it's got a lot to live up to. Got a lot to live up to. But (laughs) uh, another one that I've heard nothing but good things about and a lot more recent too. I think this came out last year. Oh, wow. Okay. So it'll be interesting to compare it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of our more recent movies too. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, all right. Next week, we'll be recording this certainly after the sun goes down, and then we'll post it when it's edited. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want? You mean like every week? (laughs) Brandon, do you want to? Do you want to plug your your thing? Yes. (laughs) Um, The Las Vegas Men's Chorus is going to be playing um, their annual Christmas concert at Artemis Ham Hall on the 17th of December at 4 p.m. If you're in the Las Vegas area, um, you can go to the UNLV Performing Arts website and buy tickets. Um, or if you're on campus, you can stop by and, and buy tickets in person. Um, there's a wide range of tickets available, a ticket and price options available for you. Um, so go. 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 What's stopping you? Certainly from going right now. Certainly not this podcast being uploaded the day of the <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would hope it's going to be sometime this week. No, it definitely will be. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But nobody knows what this week is. Um, it's this week. Except for us. Yeah. Yep. And maybe we'll read your emails next week. <laughs> <laughs>